Welcome to the Sanctuary Podcast, hosted by Angel Deer. In this podcast, we explore the mysteries of spirituality and consciousness. In each episode, we dive deep into the realms of human experiences, our rapidly changing world, and the unseen realms, tapping into the universal wisdom that connects us all. Whether you're a seasoned spiritual seeker, starting to awaken to the possibilities of a more expansive reality, or want support on your journey, this podcast is for you. Join me as we explore topics such as shamanism, spiritual transformation, holistic healing, the medicine path, energy healing, plant medicine, ancient wisdom, and more. Our guests are respected elders and experts in their fields, and we'll learn from their insights and experiences as we journey together on the path of spiritual growth. If you can, please consider supporting this podcast by joining our Patreon page at patreon.com slash the sanctuary and why. Once again, it is patreon.com slash the sanctuary and why. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Hello everyone and welcome Robin, welcome Berg, welcome. So excited to be with you again. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yes, it's always a pleasure to connect with you and I feel it's always a long time between our connection but I think it was like six months ago that we connected last time and every time you have kind of a new book coming up which is interesting. I want to ask you <laughs> when do you find the time to write that much? Uh, but I'm really excited about the theme uh, of tonight's discussion about, well, you wrote it, so I'm going to read it. Nothing is a distraction from your life. It's all your life. Loving all of it. You know, it's a theme that I feel is so alive for everyone on the path today and every human being. You know, we live in a world that can often feel quite disconnected from the feelings of the things mm -hmm. that are happening. I was listening to a beautiful talk this morning from Joanna Macy and and she said you need to to go deep inside you and and find the grief of the earth and hear her crying through you. And she, you know, said that unless we really are able to listen that deeply to ourselves, to basically allow every part of ourselves to be heard, to incorporate all of that, we cannot step into right action, into clear action, into mm -hmm. wisdom. So I want to ask you, I want to kind of open with this question about this capacity that nothing is a distraction from our life. How do we do that from an emotional perspective first because it can be very intense in the world we live in to feel all of it and to not want to kind of sometimes avoid maybe feeling the grief or avoid feeling the anger or you know because it might you know just overwhelm our system in a society that doesn't have always community processing community expression of those feelings right so, my elders and the people I work with, when someone grieves, everybody grieves with them. I'd say it's, it's a collective mm -hmm. thing. You don't have to hold 
anything that we're going through. And so we can learn, I guess, in that way to kind of love all of our life, love all that we are experiencing because it's a collective expression. It's not something that's broken with us or that's wrong with us. Mm-hmm. So can you tell more a little bit about, yeah, why you pick up that subject first and then talk about the emotional, I want to start by the emotional aspect of it tonight. Okay. All right. What I'd like to do as a way to come into that is to first create a container for such a nuanced conversation, right? And one of the things that is uh, truer than true today is that in public discourse in general, there is, I'm going to understate this, there's not a lot of space made for nuance, Right. There's not a lot of space made for shades of, um, you know, of every of every color. So what I'd like to do, because this conversation is inevitably going to touch tender places in everyone listening who is present now and who will listen later through the magic of, you know, the technology, uh, myself included, of course, Um, So I would like to help create a container for this conversation, a sacred space, because though we live in a time where our interconnected web is not acknowledged, much less respected and honored, um, it is nonetheless the reality that we live within. And as each of us um, connects ourselves to that reality, owns the truth of that reality, that does ripple into the larger culture and help to shift it. Um, So I'd like to start with this. Take an easy deep breath. If your breath isn't easy, breathe as best you can and be open to the gratitude for the breath of life flowing in and out. Ah. Breathing in the breath of life, the winds of change, life flowing in and exhaling, releasing out. Ah. In a sense, we all just died on the exhalation. And now we open to a totally new moment of life itself, breathing in. Exhaling and releasing out, making space. (sighs) Earth, air, fire, and water. We're your sons and daughters. Earth, air, fire, and water. We're your sons and daughters. Air, fire, water, and earth. Thank you for our birth, air, fire, water, and earth. Thank you for our birth, fire, water, earth, and air. Help us to truly care, fire, water, earth, and air. Help us to truly care. Water, earth, air, and fire, help us to reach higher. 
water, earth, air, and fire. Help us to reach higher. Below, above, and the center. Mother Nature, you're our mentor. Below, above, and the center. Mother Nature, you're our mentor. Below, above, and the center. Mother Nature, you're our mentor. From below and from above, infuse us through and through with love. Help us walk in truth the whole day through in joyful harmony with you. Blessed be. <sighs> we absolutely must reweave our place in the web in order to open ourselves to all that is happening, to all that is. We can't continue to feel disconnected from one another and from the earth and from the plants and the animals and, and the universe, the cosmos, and not suffer enormously. And the thing is, is that when we're in that place of disconnection, we're in delusion. I'm going to say that again. When we're in that feeling of disconnection, we're in delusion. It isn't possible to be disconnected. Not, not if you're breathing, not if you're living, right? And so for any of us to find our way home to ourselves, because whatever we butt up against outside is, is a reflection of something within. Excuse me. <coughs> we can't do it without having the sense that we're supported. Right. That the universe is with us. Right. So as many of us say today, right, the world's crazy right now. Right. But the universe isn't. Right. And if we want to go a little deeper, the reality is not. Reality is still makes very much sense. Mm -hmm. Everything that is alive is in cooperation with everything else. So, you know, what, where, where do we begin? Um, anywhere. The answer is anywhere, with any breath, right, in any moment. Um, one of the things that I've been coming to a lot, Angel, is that the past can only be the past if I let it go. Otherwise, it's the present. The past can only be the past if I can let it go, right, to be in the present moment. And carrying a lot of the past into the present with us can can feel very heavy, right? Obviously, I'm not talking about the gifts of the past, right? But the baggage of the past, the difficult um, experiences. The, the other thing is, um, well, I, I like, as you know, I like to write. And the answer to how I write so much is that I do it very slowly. It's like, yes, I write a lot, but each book takes me years, years. 
So, so that's how I get them done. But one of the things I wrote, I just for fun, I opened, well, fun and spirit, you know, like, okay, what do you want me to talk about? Because, so I'll share this with everyone. Yes, I gave you those thoughts and questions that you'll bring in, but that was a while ago. I don't remember what they are. And we planned, I have nothing planned. So I am being open to see what, what arises in our conversation. Um, but one of the things I did was open, not just even a journal, but my last journal, not the current one, but the last one, and just to see what did I open to. And I opened to three haikus. I do love to write haikus. Those do not take me years. Those come more quickly. And I want to share them with you. Um, one says, well, sort of the overarching theme is whose dream are you living? Whose dream are you living? And the first one was morning questions. I'm here again, awake. Or am I? Am I the dreamer or the dreamed? The next one is, uh, I can't read the title. It's really scrawled, early morning writing. But the next one is, the answer is likely both, as it is to most either or questions. I'm going to ask you and everyone to hold that thought. <laughs> the answer to most either or questions is almost always both. And the last one, which is really germane to the question you started with, Angel, dear, dear Angel, dear, is what are you butting up against? What are you butting up against now? The answer is always yourself. Ouch. Ouch. Listen, I don't like to hear that any more than anyone else does when I'm angry at somebody or something. But the this thing of resisting what is robs us of our energy to shift ourselves. The more at peace I am, the more at peace you are the more transformational we are, whatever we're doing. Whether we're laying in bed saying, you know, today I need to pull the covers over my head, not listen to the news, not listen to podcasts, not pick up the phone, nothing. Today I just need to put the covers over my head, go into my little cave of personal space and do nothing. Right? Breathe, be cry, laugh, whatever it is, right? Or maybe, you know, maybe you don't have the covers over your head, but you have a day where you're just reading a good book. Non, not, not nonfiction, not prescriptive book, but a story, right? Um, the, the more we can come into harmony with the truth of how we're feeling and who we are in any moment, the more options open up to us about how to approach thorny things, thorny relationships, thorny people. Somebody said to me, uh, I want to, and this is, it's, a, it's, well, let me just say it. She said, I want to be in a place where people stop asking so much of me. Mm -hmm. Now, I understood what she meant, 
but you can't be, you can't be in a place where people stop asking something of you. You have no control over what people ask, right? People can ask anything they want, right? So I understood that what was under that was I want to be in a place where I can say no or I can say yes. So it just always comes back. And this I learned from my very first spiritual teachers long before I was an herbalist. I was so fortunate. I had these wonderful teachers, uh, June Graham and Jim Spencer, who are both ancestors now. But I do have a link to a site that contains some of their writings and their work on my website. Um, but they were wonderful teachers of how do you make peace with what you resist the most fiercely. And this is not a popular topic, right? This is not a popular approach. And yet I've found over these last few decades that it is, it's held up through everything. It is a path to inner peace and inner freedom and joy. And coming back, because this is so vitally important, you brought in grief. As Joanna Macy speaks of, beautiful, brilliant, thank you for being yourself, Joanna Macy. Grief and joy are the yin and the yang. We cannot have full expression of one without full expression of the other. It's not possible. It's just not possible. It's, it, it's, they come together. And by blocking our grief, we've blocked our joy. And by blocking our joy, we've blocked our grief. I've personally been shamed for both. You know, or had people attempt to shame me for both, for either. Um, and there were times when that really, really hurt, especially when it was for joy. I just went, shut right down. Hmm. You know, like where something had opened up in me, liberated in me, and I expressed it freely. And then it was like, wham, you know, you're, you're some kind of idiot or you're some kind of naive, you know, whatever. Right. And then a few, you know, some years of personal work later, I opened that door again, you know, and said, you know, F you, you don't like my joy too bad. Right. Right. But, um, you know, so so this is really crucial. Yes, we we must feel the grief of the world, but we also must feel the joy of the world. When you sit by the river that runs through your land and that river is flowing, there's joy there. Or when the flowers come up through the through the earth and they come up yellow or purple or red, there's that's that's the earth's joy showing us. So you know, how do we open to all of it? Really, we open to ourselves, to all of ourselves, all of our, you know, the qualities we judge as good and the qualities we judge as bad. And the, so I um, opened my newest book to what is the message to share uh, tonight with the people who will be here and the people who will listen later? What is just give me one, okay? So I just want to share with you what I open to. I open to, because each page of this book is like a wisdom and then a little explanation and a beautiful illustration facing it. 
So the page I opened to, which is more than perfect, is plants know who they are. Plants know who they are. One more time. Plants know who they are. And then the little paragraph under is, I've never met a daisy who wished she smelled like lavender, nor an oak tree who felt inferior for not being as flexible as a willow. When you ingest, imbibe, inhale, or sit in meditation with any plant with respect and gratitude, that plant will help you center in the truth of your own being. Plants will help you know who you are too. And there's lots of herbalists on this call who know this is true. I see you nodding your heads and smiling, right? The plants help you. And Angel, you write about this, how plants transformed your whole life. I thought of you today, by the way, because I found a giant puffball mushroom mm. in the in the gravel. And I thought, well, most people would definitely not pick this up, but I just trimmed off the outside and cooked up the rest. It was delicious. Nice. So I know you're a mushroom guy. You you know a lot more mushrooms than I do. Yeah, I just found an amazing lion's mane today on my land, which I don't really find them on my land. Oh, nice. Very uh, nice. Right, yeah, but the plants and the fungi are different, but I can definitely speak for the plants. They know who they are. And when we take them in, they help us know who we are. And that is everything. You know, it's... It reminds me, uh, years ago, I was um, sitting along the Delaware River here in meditation. And that was, it was right after we got this big flood from this big storm. Mm. The river went way, way more up and wide. And there was this tree that was fell over. That was probably, you know, a few hundred years old and just had fell into the river. And... Uh, you know, probably this tree by now is dead. I was wasn't it just spruce? Yeah, it was I think a spruce or even a willow, because we have a lot of willow, it was planted near the park here. And they get quite bendy at some point. Yes. But I think he had these roots in the water for a bit too long and there was the wind and you know it was broken and he was he was down the river and I was, you know, just looking at it and he's told me and this messenger receives like you know i'm not angry at the storm and i'm not angry at the river mm. Mm. and i really sat with that because obviously when we do experience something in our life i'm talking about surrender and resistance kind of weaving on what you were sharing yeah uh obviously we are going to blame uh whoever created that pain uh, we are probably going to stay stuck in that story for quite a long time if we stay there. And it's very hard because we are, you know, gifted this uh, gift from the creator of choice, right? We can choose to hurt or we can choose not to hurt. We, you know, the tree is just being the tree is in, in his essence. And yes, he knows who it is, but we have kind of this choice. So we, we feel always wronged in that. Why I'm sharing that is because I feel like the idea of surrender versus resistance can be easy for some aspect of life, but can be very difficult where we are confronted with extreme pain, difficulties, hopelessness, things that are 
really difficult to comprehend. You know, I'm thinking of the, the refugees right now in, uh, in Syria in a camp that I've been there for 15 years and just living in that camp. How do you surrender with your children and your family to that experience of devastation and your family being in that? And then, you know, I'm thinking of uh, Viktor Frankl. I'm sure many people read Man's Search for Meaning that he wrote in 1946 when he came out of the concentration camp. And Victor described his experience of finding joy (laughs) and finding surrender in that crazy, devastating, atrocious experience of the concentration camp. And I was like, wow, how do you, you know, it's like for me is my reference where it's like, okay, (laughs) he was able to find meaning. He was able to find beauty. And he talks about it in such incredible way. And he described his psychotherapeutic methods and how, you know, to, to identify purpose when it's purposeless, to find meaning when it seems meaningless, to find hope when there's no hope. So... I hear you when you say, well, resistance is kind of steals our energy, right? Because it's kind of deplete us and we consume a lot of thoughts and that. But how do we kind of balance this acceptance via maybe fight or resistance or trying to change between the surrender and the action? So when is the time for what? And how do we really know when it's time and when it's not, when it's time to move, when it's time to react, when it's time to say something, when it's time to do something, instead well, of it can be, be with it. Yeah. Well, again, there's the either or. It's a both and. It's not an either or. It's not that if, um, you know, and, and we could spend the next mm, year or so talking about mm, all the many, many, many things that are so awful, they virtually defy belief that are going on, right, Um, around us right now. Or we could spend the year talking about all the acts of kindness that are going on around us that aren't making the news, right? So both and, both and, both and, both and. Um, So here's what you bring in is where we go into nuance and where a lot of people um, get confused about what acceptance really means because when you say when do you accept and when do you act then that what i hear there is that's more about resignation Mm -hmm. this is the way it is and i can't do anything about it and it feels horrible and right resignation does not bring peace acceptance is only meaning, or for me anyway, it is only about accepting that this is actually what's happening. Because where the where the fight thing comes in big time is this shouldn't be happening. This shouldn't be happening. This shouldn't be happening. This shouldn't. Be. And now listen, I I can think that as much as the next person. Don't don't you know human here just like everybody, right? Um, but. That's where all the energy then goes. Hmm. So it's a question of how do you shift from this is happening. Now what? Right? This shouldn't be happening doesn't lead me forward. It leads me to this, right? It's a defensive posture. And every, every response, and it's also response rather than reaction, 
right? That, that kind of everything has its place. I'm not saying there should be no anger. I'm not saying there should be no, um, outrage, right? But if you're at peace inside, I'm not saying it's not a tall order. And I'm not saying any of us, please, I hope you hear this. I'm not saying any of us has to be in perfect peace to then do some good. None of us is, you know, is that, right? But it's what place do you keep coming home to, mm-hmm. right? Because if I'm going, I mean, I was at the climate march in New York City uh, Sunday. And you saw, you met, uh, I met every energy you could imagine there, right? There was, pe- there were people who were, who were it, you, can, you can imagine, I, I don't even say, it, and it was exhilarating and exhausting, right? Um, I was really glad I was there, but everywhere I could have, when I stayed, I tried to stay near the musicians because they were bringing joy into the, into the, into the fight or into the, you know, I see it as standing up and speaking out. I don't, I don't want to fight. Fighting is exhausting, but I do absolutely want to stand up for and speak up for and sing out for. In fact, I might have freaked out this group of elder women. They were marching under a sign that said, you know, grandmothers for the earth or something like that. And I went up to them and I, I said, I want to sing something to you. And I sang um, my version of when the saints come marching in. And I just, I don't know, I was just inspired. So I went over and I said, oh, when the crones come dancing in, oh, when the crones come dancing in. Oh, goddess, I'm proud to be in your number when the crones come dancing in. And they looked at me like, we just don't know quite what to do with you. And then one of them sang it back. I thought that was pretty fantastic. I mean, we just have to make ourselves, you know, find the light and the laughter and the joy to be sustainable because the things that we are watching fall apart and the new way of new ancient new way of being on the earth that we're building is is it's going to take all of our lifetimes mm-hmm. and if we're only sitting in the pain of it that's not going to be it's not going to be sustainable and early in the pandemic i went some people have heard me tell this story again and again but i just have to keep saying it I have an oak I go to for counsel. She's a very old tree, he, she, they. And I I asked for counsel early, early, it must have been April 2020, uh, for a medicine message. And the oak said, joy is medicine. Cultivate joy. Joy is medicine. And I don't think there's one path that's correct, you know, that everybody has the same role to play. Um, That's definitely something the elder I've gotten, the more I've realized, you know, but there are some things that I know are, are true for all of us, that we are supported by the plants, nature, the elements, that we have resources that a lot of us didn't realize we had. Like when we feel tired, the fire is willing to give us energy. When we feel stiff and rigid and stuck, the water is willing 
right? To help us move into a more flowing state. When we feel like we're just going to fly off and have no idea, you know, about anything, right? The earth can really help us come down and in to our bodies. We're not going to resolve what's wrong in our heads. That I do know. That I do know. It's not an intellectual exercise. It's about becoming fully human. It's about being truly here. And, you know, as the artist Frederick Frank said, you know, see, to see, to see is to be. He did it through drawing. Right, he called it seeing drawing. Right. But to actually see if you see, right, um, that lion's mane. Right. It, it's like it's like just seeing is the best hallucination entheogen in the world, right? Because you just go into it and you see the wonder. Um, I don't know if any of this is helping. I hope so. I hope so. Um, just we can't do it alone. Full self-acceptance. And then it's what practices serve you to become who you came here to be, which is yourself. What practices serve you? I can't imagine not meditating. And I used to really, really dislike it. It was so hard for me. My mind is very busy. Right? It's a very busy mind here. But now it's like if I don't spend 20 minutes in the morning meditating, that day is not going to be as um, rich for me. Mm. If I don't in the morning connect to the earth, air, fire, and water, that day is missing something. So I guess that can be a very specific tip I want to give is connect yourself to reality, the deeper reality that's under all the dramas of what is going on. Right? Because then you find what's yours to do. And I do think, Angel, we do all need to find what's ours to do. We can't just sit back because then we absolutely cannot have our grief and joy, right? If we're trying to just go numb. And even that has its time and place. Go numb now and then. Go watch some TV. Go watch some Netflix, you know? We need a break. It's too intense. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's what brings you here when you are here and you are yourself. It's like the exhale. The what to do is like the exhale that follows the inhale. It comes naturally. When you are being you, you know what's yours to do. And I'll tell you what, it's never enough. So if you're going to be in pain about the fact that what you can do alone is never enough, just stop. Because that's why you have everybody else, right? What I can do is not enough. What you could do is not enough. But what we can all do together is enough. And that's why we all need to step up. We all need to step up to whatever is our path. And the way to find that path is to come home to yourself. And the way to come home to yourself is find what supports you to do that. And then practice, 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 and know what to come home to. Yeah, and obviously, you know, when we, I mean, you mentioned that with your oak tree council. It's funny because I also go to my oak tree for council ah. here. And um, 
there's a couple that are next to each other. So, and I never had any, in fact, ideas of writing or classes or things I really want to do that felt really fully uh, potent and aligned without receiving it from those allies, from those relationships that I've cultivated over the years, uh, which was also you know, difficult for me because my mind is very busy. Uh, I was trained as a scientist and I have a tendency to just get up there and let the wheel spin. Uh, but you know what, what I want to ask you is thinking of plants, talking of plants, right? Each plant is very different in the way they, I feel, in the way they surrender, accept, and the way they are into action. I felt there's a lot of personalities out there and we've got some plants that are kind of a bit more aggressive, right? They have a tendency to take the space and kick everybody else out and kind of, you know, make the space. There are plants that are much more cooperative and kind of let everybody be nearby and, and kind of need that diversity. I mean, they all need it ultimately, but do you feel that as human being, you know, we're all quite different. Do you feel also there is some of us that might be more the one that are, yeah, that were the climate march and maybe are like we need to take that down and there is more the one that we need to dance and we need to sing because that's our medicine and that's our feeling and that we expand that as a diverse species too and we're not all obviously we're all quite different right but that somehow it's what makes our species quite unique also that we have this diversity that we have often pushed away, right? Because we kind of framed into one way or another way. But I mean, when you're at peace in yourself, you can also choose to raise your voice and give someone help, mm -hmm. right? But if you're doing it from a place of peace, it's going to be different than if you're doing it from a place where you're, mm -hmm. you know, out of touch with yourself, right? So it's not that everything is la di da di da di da if you're at peace, not at all. Not at all. Um, but, you know, of course, we're different. And yet we all, underneath it all, we all have these tender hearts. We all want to love and be loved. I understand that there are people who are very separated from that part of themselves. I'm saying, you know, under, 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 there is a place in each one. Um, in my experience, anyway. And again, you know, you can't control what anyone else is doing, but you can definitely look in the mirror of anyone and say, hmm, I want to be more like that. Or I love that this person is doing this, but I would do it. I'll, I would do it with this spirit, not that spirit. You know what I mean? So it's, we look in the mirror of each other and, you know, I, I fully believe, you know, we can look to each other to see what we want and what we don't want, even in someone we love, right? But the more you bring it home to yourself, the more um, inner peace you find. And the, I mean, my absolute knowing is that the more in peace we are, the more peace we spread. And I know, I, I hear that that was something that when in uh, I've heard this, I've heard Caroline Casey, visionary astrologer, um, talk about this time and again about the 
which Diane Dion Fortune, um, you know, when the British government in World War II called upon some of the witches to help create a like a spell of protection for to keep bombs from falling on this part or that part of the country in England. And one of the things I'm, I'm misquoting this badly, so I'm not even trying to quote it, but the gist of it was we have to create from a place of peace. We have to create this protection from a place of peace. And I, I see that it's so. I mean, I see it myself when I confront someone or something from a place where I'm off center. It almost never goes well. It almost never goes well. And when I confront someone or something from a place of more um, inner stability, it often goes much better than I would have even imagined it could. Mm. Um, so I think it behooves us to tend not narcissistically to ourselves, but to tend with care and concern to our inner state of being so that it is then reflected in our relationships, right? In how we relate to one another. Um, and again, the non-human uh, beings are, are ready and willing to help us. So even for example, just before we got on the magic Zoom, I went out into the garden and I gathered this New England aster. It's a local native to the Northeast plant. Actually, as are all these flowers behind me are from a local flower garden where we had equinox ritual last night. Well, they're not all native, but they're local. But this is a native um, medicinal plant. And when you see purple flowers in a plant, it's often an indicator. Think of the chakra system, right? It's a uh, connects to the crown center. And often, not always, but often plants with purple flowers are helpful to our nervous system. And if we want to navigate the times we're in with any kind of center intact and not get thrown by every, every, everything, um, we need to tend our nervous systems. Years and years ago, a native elder who was visiting another herbalist class that I was in said, um, the nervous system is the key to health, to all health. This was years and decades ago. And I thought to myself, hmm, everybody talks about the digestive system. Well, lo and behold, didn't we discover in the years between then and now that we have this enormous nervous system in our gut? right? The enteric nervous system in our gut. So back to New England Aster, this plant helps our breathing. So you say, how do we do this, right? And I know you know the answers because if you have the question yet, you know, the important thing is to have the good questions, really. Mm. Just going to say that. The important thing in life is to have good questions. Answers don't matter so much. It's to live the questions as what's-his-face Rilke said. Right, so this plant helps us breathe. If I'm in pain, if I'm in suffering, if I'm feeling separate from whatever, whoever, everyone, everything, if I can come back to my breath, I'm ultimately going to come back into peace. Right, my breath is a gift from the living plants. Hmm. Right, they exhale oxygen. I breathe it in. Mm. 
right? I exhale carbon dioxide. When their roots are in the ground, they breathe that in. It's impossible not to be in relationship with nature. It's only possible to forget that you're in relationship. So that's the beautiful thing is we don't have to create anything. We just have to kind of drop down a few notches, slow down. So even like someone like you, Angel, you're running, you're doing this, you're traveling here, you're uh, maybe things shifted for you some during the pandemic. Um, but in all the fullness of giving and doing and doing and trying to help and earnestly caring so deeply, right? You can forget that tending to you matters too, right? I know this has been taking me years and I anticipate getting better and better at it the elder I get, but I'm best that I've ever been so far uh, at taking time, mm. slowing down. I'm a Sag. It doesn't come naturally. I'm a fire sign, right? I just want to go, right? But it changes how I feel about being alive. Like, really? That's what I'm talking about is how do you fall in love with life? Something I never thought I would do. In all my younger years, who is buzzing on me? Let me know if you can see who's buzzing around me. I, I don't know if it's a bee or a fly. But uh, yeah, do you want me to listen? It stopped as soon as I said that. <laughs> so I'm going to take that as a message. Nature's always talking to us. Nature's always buzzing something in our ear. Who are you? Did I bring in a bee with these plants, maybe? Back to New England Aster, just one more thing. This plant helps with the kind of anxiety that can move down into depression, if not comforted, if not tended kindly, um, if not listened to, right? So everything from the body is a message of where to bring more love. And love can be fierce. Love is not just, you know, there, 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 there. Love can be fierce. You know, um, I'll just say that. Okay, so anyway, I make this into, I dry this and make it into tea, and it's very helpful for helping improve the respiratory system and um, relieving anxiety. Right. So. It's interesting because I was contemplating yesterday how many aster there is in this fall season. I mean, there's a lot every year, right. but still this year, there's a lot of them. Ah. And we have the purple stem aster which is one of the wide variety that grows here in the northeast we have the calico aster which is a bit more whitish purplish with an orange center which is really beautiful and they are really covering my land right now i don't really mow my land and you know i cannot let it go half wild or fully wild uh, but this year i was really struck by it i know it is uh sometime maybe it was there before but maybe it was not I felt like this year is like a fall full of aster. And I was going to ask you about the aster family in general as plants. And what are they trying to help with? Well, you know, because I always felt they always come ahead or when I need them, right? And that's very clear this year about the purple aster. And the beauty. I mean, the, the sheer beauty, like to remind you when you're looking into the mirror of the ugly, 
right, of displacement, of climate injustice, of racism, of misogyny, of, you know, you name it. When you're looking into the ugly, there they are saying, and look to the beauty, Mm. right? I think someone put in the chat about Robin Wall Kimmerer writing about the beauty of the purple and the goldenrod. And I didn't get to pick the goldenrod to bring in, but I was thinking about it. Um, Yeah, just the reminders, right? If nothing else, those asters are saying, angel, look, beauty, life, flowering, happening. It's all happening at the same time. So we do need to be really mindful of getting sucked into prevailing energies of despair. I'm not saying don't go there at all, but I'm saying don't feed it and um, give it too much time and space. Give it what you need, grieve, but then that's the way that you come out the other side. Right? The only way to keep a feeling happening is to step on the brakes and not allow it. That was my first teacher's taught me that. And that was a long time ago. We're talking yeah, like 40 years. And these things that they taught me about acceptance and about it all being about accepting, you know, I mean, we could talk Jung and it's the shadow of the self, you know, whatever you want to call it. They've all held up as true. And the the thing is putting that together with the love of the earth, with the beauty of the asters and the medicine of the asters, this is what I've seen has helped more and more people come to really love being alive. Um, many of us who are spiritual have had a hard time with that. We would rather be up in the ethers. We'd rather be where it's not so messy and emotionally difficult and fraught, right? But the plants, I don't know what it is about them, but I know they've done it for me and I've just seen it over and over and over and over again with students and letters, I guess. The plants somehow help us come back into the love of life. And that is everything, right? Because then we're standing up for what we care for and about, not just fighting back against what we, um, what we, however you want to say it, what we know is wrong. It's against nature. It's, you know, however you want to put it, you need to know what you're for. And then that becomes pretty infectious, pretty contagious in a good way. Joy is medicine. Mm. Is that in uh, witchcraft 101 techniques? I wanted to, you mentioned the witch term earlier. And I know we're having a little discussion before we got in about uh, using the term witch. And I want to kind of bring it here with, with it a little bit. Yeah. We, we find it in we find it in Zen, right? We find it in Zen, we find it in witchcraft, we find it in ecofeminism, you know, we find it in in anywhere we find it in indigenous wisdom around the earth, right? Anywhere that people live in connectedness with uh the living nature. 
But in terms of witchiness, one of the things you were asking me about, so a witch, you know, a green witch in particular, right, is a person, often a woman, though not always, right, who is in touch with the magic of the living nature, right, the magic of reality. Like I always say, reality is the most magical thing there is. And people are like, wait, what? What? Well, you know, watch a, a being being born, any species. It's pure magic, essence taking form and coming into being, right? Or, or, or be with somebody as they're leaving their body, especially if it's someone you love, right? Hold their hand and feel that transformation of material existence going back into the ocean of all that is. It's magic, right? It's, it's, it's not rabbit out of the hat magic. It's, it's spirituality magic to me. They're, they're equivalent words. Um, but yeah, so in a witch is, or at least this witch is, it's really about, you know, being in love with the green world. And years and years and years ago, I made the conscious decision to own the term. And part of it was because the word has been used historically to silence um, healers, midwives, medicine people. Um, I owned it as a, as a reclaiming mm -hmm. and put green in front of it because it was the best descriptor. Right? And, you know, that way I figured somebody was like, you're a witch. I'm like, yeah, I know. It says so on my website and on my books. And yeah, uh, yes, you noticed. Okay, good. Thank you. Right. It's no longer, it's making it no longer a, a weapon. Right. It's you, not a weapon. Any right? resistance to that from family, friends, people at the time, or even, I've, of I've, course, the last 20, 30 years you used it, right? Of course there was resistance. Of course there was. People were like, you could be so much more successful if you just said herbalist and you didn't say witch. And we all know that that's what makes us happy is to be, you know, famous and successful and wealthy and yada, bada, ba. Right. But I am really interested in above all else and threaded through all else. I'm really interested in authenticity. That is what turns me on integrity um, and having, and this is something I've worked towards and will always till my last breath, having the inside and the outside match. Having the inside and the out outside match, a coherence of, of the person. It's that to me is exciting. That to me is juicy. Um, that makes it fun. Um, and yeah, so it was just a good word and I liked it. It was, it was pretty good. You know, I don't care really honestly about labels. I really don't. Um, but you know, we use them, hmm. we use them and it's a good descriptor. And then to be, uh, just to add a little to the conversation, I was an herbalist for years, maybe 10 years before I learned that um, my great-grandmother, Esther, had been a rather renowned herbalist in Brooklyn, New York, a Russian Jewish woman. You know, everybody came over in varying degrees of enormous distress and pain and so on and so forth. And, and, uh, and what's the word, you know, threats, 
against their lives. Um, and my great uncle said, we reconnected after we had never known each other. We reconnected. He was not well. I began to bring herbs to him and stuff. And he said, you know, my mother did this. And that's how I found out. And I said, oh, you mean she helped the family? He said, oh, no, no. People would line up, you know, down the block. I said, really? He said, yeah, they called her a Tishamacha in Yiddish. And I said, what's that? Having zero Yiddish. And he said, it means a mischief maker. And I said to myself, okay, clearly that is a euphemism for a witch. Mm. <laughs> a mischief maker, right? We do like to have fun. You like to have fun. And, um, and then I learned that I actually have a witch and herbalist lineage. I had no idea. I always thought my, all my most treasured lineages were spiritual. Um, past life memory, ancestral things. But then to learn that there was actually a, you know, a bloodline as well was kind of very thrilling and wonderful. And I have one tiny picture of her that I keep in with my dried herbs. And I like to think she's, you know, kind of pleased uh, with me for following that path, this path. And uh, as I said, you know, I was, I was really a deeply involved spiritual student for many years before I became an herbalist. And for me, again, they really, it brought everything together. Mm. So it, it's like bringing together, like in the beginning when I called above and below, above is, is like one way to say it, to tell the story of it is it's transcendent spirit, right? And below is the imminent spirit. I-M-M-A-N-E-N-T, the spirit that's in the stones, that's in the soil, right? And so it's a way for me, it's this path, which is not for everyone, right? For me, this path is a way to bring together, right? The transcendent spirit and the imminent spirit into physical expression. And that brings satisfaction, right? And honestly, I just didn't know that I could ever have that. I really didn't. I thought I'd be one of those people who'd be like, you know, 82 and going, you know, maybe I'll find my path. Um, so this was a very pleasant surprise. Was there, you know, I want to talk a little bit about your book that you're that's coming out, but was there plants allies on those steps? I don't think we were talk of that. Like what was the first or was there like two or three plants that were really key in that process of self discovery and remembering and mm -hmm. yeah, this is it. I'm going to yeah. give you a loud message so you can hear it. Yeah. But even so it still took years to fully unfold and trust it. And I remember my mother saying, Oh, well, you know, do you think you'll be still be as into this? Like, you know, in five years, I'm like, I don't know, let's see in five years. Right? Let's see what happens. And that's, you know, that attitude of, of being open to wonder and curiosity can be very helpful to any of us, right? We often think we have to know like right away, but you know, let's like experiment and explore and find out, right? right? What makes your heart sing? That's a great question. What makes your heart sing? You know, what, what, what helps you be f more filled with light? Um, what gives you a sense of, um, 
like uh, what gives you a sense of that you're being true to yourself right and you know when i say the inside and the outside come to match that doesn't mean that you have to show your whole self in every situation you don't have to be online at the bank and cast a spell right Right. But I can know that there might be magic in the person online next to me. I might turn to them and I might have something for them or them for me. So it's kind of how, what opens you? That's another good question. You know, what opens me to, um, to curiosity? You know, what opens me to life? And just even if you bring in a tiny bit of that into your day, it's helpful. We're, we're as a, as a species, we're typically not super happy with things that take a while, but I'm sorry, everything takes a while. Everything takes some time. And so you're worth it. You're worth, you're worth the time. Remind yourself that I'm worth the time to find who I am. I'm worth the time to find what I love. I'm worth everything because you are we all are we're all really precious wow. and plant allies so plant allies yeah, the allies oh. that were there oh I still yeah, I had imagine a, right i i'm sorry what and they are probably still there i mean usually those oh big gosh yes right oh yeah 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 oh yeah yeah absolutely um I, I first dreamt about a tree that was very not attractive and all scrawny and I didn't know anything about plants. I was living on 14th Street and 6th Avenue. There's not even a tree on the, on the like for miles in any direction. And, um, and I dreamt about this tree and later when, and I would always in the dreams be under the tree and somehow safe because I was always feeling like I was in danger. And um, and I would think when I'd wake up, how bizarre is this? Because it's not like I'm hidden under this tree. It's this scrawny little tree, like anybody going by could see me. Anyway, I eventually come to learn that this is the elder tree. Mm. And when I first started really studying herbs, there was this very scrawny, bug-eaten single elder tree in the garden and I was like that's the tree from my dream so that was you know that was like a first like oh hmm oh hmm right because I definitely didn't feel safe being here plants have helped a lot um and I'd say so I have many plant allies but my three primary allies are the elder tree who spiritually the medicine the elder offers is guidance through the chaos of transformation. Guidance through the chaos of transformation. That's what the elder tree brings to us. And you think about it, right? Like the elders, the ancestors, right? The wise ones. Not that all our ancestors were wise, right? But We'll call them the wise ones, right? Um, and the second one, in no these are in no particular order. They're equally like at the center, a core of my plant ally relationship 
is plantain. Not the banana plantain, but the little ground cover, the plant in everybody's lawn everywhere. Um, my niece's boyfriend is from Mongolia, and he was just out at my home a little bit ago this summer. And he said, oh, we use that plant too. We call it five-line plant. I was like, yes. So I love knowing the weeds and the wild plants because they show up all over the world. And then I showed him a few ways. I used it. He said, oh, I didn't know about that. And I'm sure that his, he, not he himself, but people who know from where he's from, I'm sure they could show me ways I you know, don't know to use the plant. But plantain, and what plantain helps with spiritually, so they all have a lot of physical medicine, but I'm just going to first for this moment, unless you ask me more, I'm going to just talk about their spirit gifts. The plantain has this very surprising gift of helping reawaken wonder, helping with where cynicism and jadedness has kind of coated over everything. Um, so that's just the most extraordinarily precious gift, right? It, it's another way to say it maybe is like waking the child within, but it's really, I don't see it that way because it's awakens that wonder in an adult, right? So bringing the adult intelligence and maturity, right? So where you can be informed about atrocities even, right? You could be informed about atrocities and yet still have that wonder. How are we going to heal this? Right? Because we could be like, how are we going to heal this? Uh, or we can be, how are we going to heal this? And I just saw that, Jessica. She's drinking plantain right now. Fantastic. Fantastic. Felt like we need it in all the city distribution water. Oh, absolutely. I often <laughs> fantasize about putting wondrous herbs into the public water supplies. Um, and the third one that's in my triad of primary central plant allies is rose. Mm. And rose is such a gorgeous, gorgeous medicine of everything we're talking about in a way because the beauty and the thorniness and the sweetness of the young green tender stalks is right in the same plant with these really thick gray bark covered thorn covered old stalks so you got like the maiden mother crone or the or the you know son father grandfather however you want to think of that right all in one plant and you have those opening wide flowers right and you have these keep away thorns right or i'm going to scratch you i'm going to i'm going to grab you um you cannot approach your rose without care right you cannot and yet there's no plant that's more heart opening rose so if plantain awakens innocence an elder helps you find your guidance rose helps you fall in love with yourself That is my little wee summary of three incredibly complex, generous beings. And you know how you said all the plants are different? Of course, that's true. 
And yet there is one quality that they do have, which is they're quite generous. Hmm. They're quite generous. And very forgiving, I find. You know, very forgiving. Um, but they love to be respected, thanked, admired, appreciated, seen for who they are, just like any of us do. Like, just think about it. When you're with somebody who you see is seeing you, right? You, like, really seeing you, it's so nourishing, mm. right? And so we all need at least one person who does that for us. That's just a non-negotiable thing. Like, yeah, if you don't have anybody, start with yourself. Look in the mirror and I'm there for you. You know, and if I've not been there for you, I'm going to learn to be there for you. But also grow a relationship with one friend, someone, you know, who sees you because we all need that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and if you don't have that or you don't trust someone right now because of things that have happened, then turn to a tree. Then turn to a tree. Obviously, animals can be really helpful here as well, right? Um, but trees are really great mm -hmm. for um, meeting you right where you are, for meeting you right where you are. And, you know, in our contemporary culture, less now, but still, People think, well, that's just crazy. I know not you who are here on this in this conversation. Likely, likely not you. But I mean, I've had people like watch a YouTube video and then they'll write, oh, you had me until minute three and 47 seconds when you said mugwort told you, blah, 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 I'm out of here. Like, or what do you mean you ask a plant for permission before you gather? That's ridiculous. And they mean it. Right. And for me, it's so obvious. It'd be like coming to your house for dinner and not bringing something. Right. Or or barging in your front door instead of knocking. Right. If I barely knew you. Right? You just don't. So so we can't look to have our um, everybody isn't going to love and accept your um, expression of your own knowings right? Or your own growings. And that wasn't where I was originally going with that, but it went there. So I'll, I'll follow. Right. Um, so, but you have to trust, you know, that if some people fall away, other people, will. you'll be making space for other people to come in who do see you, who do accept, you know, or then you have those people who will just giggle and you just go about your business and talk to your tree. Oh, that's what I was saying. I was saying, you know, it, it, to me, it's insane to think they're not listening. Mm. Everything in nature is listening. Hearing, not just listening, hearing us. They hear your prayers. They hear your songs. They hear your tears. They hear your laughter. They're wonderful teachers of acceptance, right? When I lost my um, beloved, my life partner, some years ago now, it was trees who really, really helped me. Um, in particular, one uh, evening, I remember them saying or kind of, it was almost like the whole forest was singing to me, Robin, everything lives and everything dies. 
and everything lives and everything dies. And everything lives and everything dies. And, you know, saying this here, sharing this in our circle, our sacred circle, of course I was grieving, right? But there was this invitation. We're coming right back around to the beginning of the conversation. They were inviting me to accept, right? Not to be grieving in the place of this shouldn't have happened. I know best. I know better than life. I know what should and shouldn't be. It was everything lives and everything dies, and this is what's happening. And now go and grieve your heart out. I'm really feeling the distinction even that you made earlier. Acceptance, yes. Resignation. This is not resignation. Acceptance. Yeah. There's a, obviously, you know, it's a tender subject, but there was a hard space there in acceptance that is open in a very different way. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I heard your wonderful um, conversation with the elder Zelda mm -hmm. recently. Maybe it was the last one you did before this. And she said, I take my grief inside me. I take my grief inside me and I love it. I love it because it's part of me. And I found that so moving. I shared I shared that you know um, link with many because because it's such a important teaching. Mm -hmm. And again, I've had people go, well, you know, you're you you just clearly you don't know you don't know what's really going on, or you wouldn't be you know joyful. And it's such an arrogant attitude. It's like, yeah, I'm perfectly well informed. <laughs> I, I have I have attention surplus disorder even. Right. But, um, you know, it's it's an invitation to grow ourselves enough to let that flow through to let that flow through to and find what's ours to do about it. I'm definitely not counseling complacency. I'm definitely not. Um, yeah. Very different kind of presence. I can feel. Yeah, and if and if I do want want to invite, if people have questions or comments, to I don't know what, how close we are to the end, but put them in. Feel free if you would like, because you know it can be a conversation uh, with you as well. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about the golden nuggets of green magic. Okay. Your new book that's coming out, right? That's in pre-order, The Green Witch Pockets Book of Wisdom, Big Little Life Tips. And Thanks. you read, a, you read a, a page for us, but uh, can you tell us a little bit about the, the context of writing it? And, you know, you write so many books already, but this one, what what's, was in your heart? Yeah. And what's there? So, so the spark of this one is kind of almost like where you started this conversation. What's the, what's the path to acceptance? How do I do it? And so the book is a four by six pocketbook, beautifully illustrated by a lovely artist um, who's local to me, Gail Stoughton. And, uh, you know, I started writing it probably, I think, 2017 or thereabouts. But really, it's a compilation of all my years of spiritual seeking and finding, right? And, and walking the path of being alive in the time that we're in. And these, what's in this book is what has stood the test of time. What's been helpful 
and held true through everything, through every loss, through every tragedy, through COVID, through illness, through deaths, um, through, you know, through it all. What, what has helped guide me? So it's an amalgamation of teachings. Mm. Some of them are questions to explore. Some of them are single lines. Um, like I said, most of them are like a line or two and then a bit of explanation. I wasn't going to put any explanation. And then people who had read it early said, you got to say a little bit more about it. What's obvious to you isn't necessarily obvious. So I did. <laughs> and um, yeah, and the pocketbook, because my hope is that they're so helpful. You're just going to want to put the little book in your pocket or your purse and just take it with you anywhere and everywhere um, as you know, helpful reminders. And I could just open at random again and see what I open to. Ah, I was going to ask for no, a gift. This yes. is kind of a deep, a deep one. Breathe in. Ah, life. Breathe out. Ah, death. Pause. Repeat. This simple practice of inhaling life and, and releasing it on your exhalations invites you to become friends with the inevitable passage we call death. Begin to feel for what is eternal in you, right? That's in the pause. Begin to feel for what is eternal in you. This sets you on your path of inner freedom. Yes. Right, because that's the deepest thing we don't accept. Right. That's the ultimate thing, right, is death. Right? And yet our skin is sloughing off cells every minute. You know, death is is is, you know, it, it's the most it's as inevitable as birth. And yet it's always shocking when it comes to someone we love, even if they've been sick. It's still it changes your whole world. Right. And yet without it, we don't have room for rebirth. Like if we don't have plants die down to the earth and feed the soil, then we don't have seeds, you know, coming up with the next growth in the spring, mm. right? It is part of our life here. Um, and then I did, I did just open one more without, you know, without a intention other than let's see. And I want to share this one. And this one, I'd like to share that um, illustration. This is not the size of the book. This is a mock-up of the manuscript, but here's the illustration. And I'll leave it on the screen while I read it to you. Trees remind us that we grow down as well as up, invisibly as well as visibly. Growth is not always obvious. We grow inside ourselves, not just externally. Tree roots spread under the ground, mirrored by branches that grow up and out to the sky. With time and practice, our inside and outside will come to reflect each other beautifully. Thank you. Okay. I was traveling in and out and in. Mm, beautiful. And just literally a couple of hours ago, I launched a brand new website called Robin Rose Bennett Books. And, um, this book is listed there for pre-order, uh, and that's good through October 31. 
a date chosen intentionally. Yes, indeed. And um, what I want to just quick let you know is that for anyone who pre-orders, which is helpful to authors um, such as myself, if you pre-order the book before the official launch on October 31, uh, you will get an absolutely beautiful bonus booklet that I wrote um, that is recipes for deepening meditation, dreams, and intuition. So that's my thank you gift. And also for anyone who reviews the book, you get automatically entered into a contest to win a tarot reading with me. And I'm going to pick the winner on my birthday in November. But you can read all about it on my site. Okay. I'm going to rush to be doing that right after our talk together. Uh, Thank you. And for Thank everyone you. listening now or listening on the recording on our podcast and YouTube, well, you can find the link link about, you know, Robin website and her books and all of that right under in the video and in the description. Uh, we'll make sure to add that when we uh, place this recording. So Robin, we're arriving at the end of our time together today. Um, I really want to thank you first for your medicine, uh, for what you're sharing. Um, I feel it, experience it. I'm sure everybody on the call does. Uh, I don't know where you were in your head, in your mind, but I was definitely having a difficult day today. And, and just, you know, having, being with you today, and it just like brought me um, into the center, brought me back home. So I thank you for that. I always feel like, you know, um, yeah, there is the words, but there is way more than the words that move when we connect with each other. And I can feel that deeply. And I really thank you for that. Mm. And so, yeah, I want to leave you the last word for whatever you wish to close this interview. And I want to thank everyone that's here live and everybody is, will be listening to the recording, but I always leave the last words to my guest. So thank you so much, Robin. And yes, here you go. You can go for as long as you wish until. Uh, we stopped the recording. Uh-oh. All right. Well, and thank you, Angel. I really appreciate that opportunity um, to be here and speak with you and everybody present and coming whenever. We are one with the soul of the earth, Mother Earth. We are one with the soul of the earth, Mother Earth. We are one with the soul of the earth, Mother Earth. So I know you can listen to this podcast anytime whatsoever, but we are recording it now very close to the equinox, the autumn equinox in the Northern Hemisphere, the spring equinox, vernal equinox in the Southern Hemisphere. So we're at a moment, I'll speak to the Northeast where I am, the Northern Hemisphere where I am. This is a great moment for composting, for releasing 
things that you're carrying that no longer serve you. So whatever it is that you maybe imagine, and it could be you enact it physically, symbolically, you clean out a drawer, right, or your refrigerator or some such like that, or a closet, give some things away or toss some things, things that aren't used, things like to get used. Just make some space, make some space for inviting in the abundance of the harvest season, for inviting in when you make space, this is one of the wisdoms in the book, is when you make space, it makes a place for good things, good people, opportunities. It gives them a place to come in. So I I wanted to share that with you. And just a reminder to align yourself and ally yourself with the reality of the solar of the seasons, right? And of the lunar cycle of the moon. The moon particularly can nourish you emotionally, intuitively, psychically. To access your own intuition is vitally important. And your body is one of your best guides and teachers into hearing your true inner voice. When you come to something and you're going, is this true? Is it not true? See how it lands in your body. That can be so helpful. And what I love about the moon cycles and invite you to explore or to continue and deepen if you already do, is how time moves in a spiral. Dark moon fills with light and then empties again. And then we have the seed time again. It comes and it invites us to stop thinking this illusion that we move in a straight line, that growth ever happens in a straight line, right? We spiral like the moon and we always come to a new beginning, just like the new breath, the new moon, the spring and so forth. So nature has your back and your front and your bottom and your top and your center. Our love and gratitude to the spirit of love in the center of the circle. Our love and gratitude to the spirits above. This can also be seen as akin to the future generations. Our love and gratitude to the spirits below and within, the ancient ones. Our love and gratitude to the earth and the north and all that you are. Our love and our gratitude to the waters of the west and all that you are. Our love and gratitude to the fires in the south and all that you are. And our love and gratitude to the air in the east and all that you are. And each of these things and all that they are is all that you are and I am. The air, the fire, the water, the earth, held from below, watched over from above and centered in the great mystery that we call many, many, many different names. For tonight, let's call it love. The circle is open yet unbroken, and may it ripple out joy. Receive that for yourselves. Blessed be, and thank you. Thank you for listening to The Sanctuary Podcast. We deeply value your support. Please consider sharing this podcast with others and joining our Patreon page at patreon.com slash the sanctuary and why. 
Once again, it is patreon.com slash the sanctuary and why. At the sanctuary, we believe that spirituality is a personal journey that takes many forms, and we honor and respect all paths to awakening and the rise of consciousness. Our mission is to provide a platform for open and honest conversations about spirituality and to inspire and empower our listeners to live their most authentic lives in good relation to each other's, the living and invisible worlds. I look forward to connecting with you again here or at our events, retreats, and online gatherings. You can find all our offerings at thesanctuaryheal.com. Once again, it is thesanctuaryheal.com.